Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. NFL Week 8 is on the horizon. Uh, We have another. What's that? Jesus, Pete, that it's week eight. I know. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Uh, although depressing. it's depressing and it's, but it's, but at the same time, like, I feel like uh, our read and our feel for what's going on with these teams, with these leagues is, is absolutely razor sharp right now. So I kind of can't wait uh, to dive into this card and break some things down. A couple of uh, plays immediately popped uh, as I kind of got my numbers updated and I was uh, handicapping these games, uh, a couple of them were like, wow, no doubters. I really want to, you know, piece of this this week and a couple of them, uh, a little bit of a stretch. Uh, so we'll see if you can talk me down uh, before I do something stupid here. Um, but, uh, yeah, week eight, uh, we, oh, I trust you. um, to, you know, and, uh, I guess, uh, let's, uh, let's introduce our, Yes. Yeah, take before, two steps uh, back. You're getting way at it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so excited about NFL right now. I really can't even tell you. Um, okay. Uh, our guest this week. Was, uh, it, was it yesterday's over that got you excited? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a, let's just let's burn that game. Let's just never oh speak of that God. game again. It was so awful. Although I love the way that it ignited a, a fuel of uh, math guys just bitching at, at, uh, at football guys. The math guys versus football guys squaring off on Twitter last night was pretty hysterical. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's uh, let's introduce our guest for today. Uh, we got a guy who's been a mainstay. But is he a math guy or a football guy? That's a great question. I'm going to get. I, I, we should I, know I before. We, yeah, before we introduce him. What? Are you, yeah, are you Team Jacob or Team Edward? <laughs> oh God, I got to go, Jacob. Gone to my head. Throw, yeah, that's a throwback. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're already off the rails. Uh, okay, our guest, our guest for today, uh, gambling Twitter mainstay, going back to like 2013, uh, creating outstanding content. I had to reach out to uh, this fellow to try to get him on as a guest because I love what he's doing, writing articles for the score. Uh, he's not writing your standard fare for college football and NFL gambling pieces. He's diving into some of the situational factors, the stuff that is like the lifeblood of uh, some of our handicapping process beyond just kind of the numerical data stuff. Uh, and so I felt like it would be a great opportunity to uh, bring our guest on today to talk through what it is to, you know, be a kind of a kind of on the forefront and creating some of the best content in like the gambling blogging space, which is like this new emerging interesting space. And uh, so without further ado, welcome to the deep Did dive. The blogosphere? No, blogging space. It's it's a uh, that's what's one of the buzzwords okay. that the uh, that the uh, the that the uh, executive types use these days. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, without further ado, welcome to the deep dive, Mister Alex Kolegi. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, thanks for uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you practice that a bunch, yeah, and you still fucked it up. I, is it Kolegi? Kologi, Wow, you're getting Kologi. worse. You're getting further. Kologi, Kologi. Oh man, Kologi. Still All right. right. Al- Alex Kologi, welcome to the deep dive. Uh, I've enjoyed your content on Twitter for a long time. Really great to have you on. Uh, hope your NFL and college football handicapping seasons are going spectacularly, gloriously. Uh, you want to give the uh, listeners a, a brief introduction and uh, where they can find you on Twitter? Yeah, sure. Um, thescore.com, obviously. Um, 
you know, just uh, I've just been creating some featured uh, length type articles and kind of like you said, I'm just trying to help out, just trying to uh, take deep dives into college football and NFL Ooh. handicapping and hopefully just trying to look <laughs> into uh, trying to look at it a little bit differently than others do. And, um, you know, we've been hitting at like 54.4% in college football top plays, I think are around 58.8%. And then NFL, believe me when I say I can't wait for this regression to hit, um, 75% on, <laughs> 75% on top plays and 70.6 overall for the season. Wow. That, regre- that regression is going to be unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. I don't know, man. Sometimes when you're feeling it, you're feeling it. Sometimes when you're seeing the board, you're just, you've kind of, you you know, it, it takes a little while for things to kind of catch up. I, I loved, uh, you had a piece that I was especially uh, fired up about uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, where you were writing about how, uh, you know, just be prepared for the market to start overreacting to home dogs cashing, uh, because we were seeing them come in at a, like a ridiculous clip. And uh, I thought, like, the way you framed it and the way you set it up was really smart. It wasn't just like, hey, here's a trend, you know, blindly bet the trend or blindly fade the trend. It was much more nuanced than that. And I thought that was a really cool piece. So that was really what inspired me to reach out to you to, to, to get us on today. And I don't know. What do you think? How, how is the, the home dog uh, trend you know, starting to wane already? Uh, value, is, there, is it already over, over betting uh, uh, in the home dog's favor? Because there's, uh, there's a couple of home dogs that I kind of want to fade this week. No, no, uh, <laughs> no it's, it's, it's funny you say that, Andrew, because when my editor and I go over topics about what we want to cover for the week, I thought it was funny. I had a text from a friend back home. I mean, just the squarest of square guys you can think of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about oh, yeah. the guy that'll send you a text and you automatically want to see it. But he said, too, he said, wow, man, home underdogs are have been money this season. And I thought, well, if that's something that you're catching on to, I'm sure the general public has already caught on to and that it's kind of, you know, taken the gambling circle by storm. And sure enough, like, you know, you search Twitter, you search NFL home underdogs, and people are tweeting about how, profitable they were i think they were four and oh against the spread and three of them cashed outright in week i want to say it was six and sure enough they had been hot going into week seven so you know it was just something it was just a topic to talk about and you know just, just something that i wanted to talk about like i said um just an idea and shit and yeah, yeah. i'm glad you enjoyed it right on the uh <laughs> as far as uh um Approaching this weekend, uh, I saw you were pretty fired up about my uh, Blue Devils in college football. Uh, you think they got it against Pittsburgh? I do, yeah. I think Duke's one of the most undervalued teams in the country. Um, I think just based off the paper test, um, they are one of the most underrated teams in the country. Um, and when I look at games, and when, I'm not a model-based capper right now. I'm working on some things right now in the works. Obviously, nothing that I trust right now in terms of metrics and stuff. I'm still toying around a little bit. But something that I do use a lot is S&P Plus in terms of uh, analyzing teams and weighing teams and measuring them. And per S&P Plus, they're really high on Duke as am I. And, you know, I posted this question to my brother the other day. I asked him what he thought or what he would price Oregon 
at a team like Georgia Southern. And he said, well, I'd probably peg Oregon as something like 14 or 17 point favorites. And I said, fantastic. Duke, according to S&P Plus, is better than Oregon. And Georgia Southern, per the same metric, is better than Pittsburgh. So tell me what I'm missing here. And I think it's it's just a lot of the tests. I think you look at recency bias with what Pitt's done. Um, you know, coming back and beating Syracuse in overtime losing to Notre Dame by five in a game that they probably should have lost by 30. Um, and then Duke, Duke's one of the teams that I've just been high on, a team that I've bought low on in the past. And I, I think from a coaching standpoint, David Cutcliffe versus Pat Narduzzi, I'm going to take David Cutcliffe on the road all day. To get them under a field goal, I thought was stealing. So Duke this weekend is actually my largest play of the college football season. Like, I'm not trying to oh. put the gun to anybody's head. Jeez, yeah, we're, we're already teasing out, like, five-unit locks of the week. Jesus. No, no. Well, <laughs> like, five, five minutes in. I love it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> and that's the thing. Oh, no, I, I'm, want... so, I'm sorry. I, well, I, if I misspoke, if it was a 10-unit play, let me know. <laughs> my 100-star. 100-star Bob. You know what's funny is, is all the uh, all the score content is free. There's no paywall. There, it's literally. I mean, you could it's it's free roll, and you can use the content to your liking. But you know, don't be surprised if this week you have to pay five bucks to get this, this card, <laughs> considering I have a big plan. <laughs> <laughs> or if it hits, then next week is free. But uh, you know, but, but, yeah, or, yeah. Or if it hits, the next one's going to cost you. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is the make or break one, and uh, if it hits, then you can go tout. Um, okay. Let's. Uh, speaking of, and uh, you know, I just uh, I'm I'm curious, uh, and I want to go back to. Um, you know, some of the stuff you're writing for the score has been has been pretty cool. And we are kind of in a, this weird time where people are sort of sort of scrambling to create uh, gambling content out of thin air because all of a sudden it's like, OK, to do it. And so all of these people who otherwise were not betting now are and they want information. And there's kind of like this gold rush, I guess. Um, what do you think about what's going on currently? you know, in terms of what's out there, what's good, what's, what's bad and otherwise. And, you know, if you were kind of put in charge of coming up with like a vertical at ESPN or at the athletic to like focus on like gambling (laughs) content, you know, what do you think is missing that would, you know, really draw an audience that that's uh, that would be really valuable to people? Yeah. So I don't, I think one of the the biggest pet peeves here um, is the lack of identity. Um, Obviously, and, and me too. I mean, I've I just joined an outlet that is looking to expand on sports gambling. A lot of outlets have done the same thing now that it's become so entrenched in the public. And I just feel like there's, like I said, a lack of identity. Um, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of people out there that try to portray themselves as experts when in reality they really, and I mean this in a, in a nice way that really they don't have any business doing it. I mean. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. Shot, shot, shots up. fired, man. <laughs> shots fucking but, fired. But no, I just I, and I'm not one to get. I'm not you know the old man yelling at the clouds here. But when you see you know people on live television throwing out minus EV locks, you know, and and three team parlays, you're just like, where did this all go wrong? <laughs> and uh, yes, yes. And you know it's it's it sucks because those are the the networks that already have an audience. And so, um, they're kind of fooling everybody. And honestly, like I'm not an expert. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I try to make that clear in articles, like very frequently, like you you can tail my work, you can fade it. Like it's really okay. It's, (laughs) it's, it's free content. You don't have to pay for it. It's not behind a paywall. Um, 
but yeah, I just think that the public is misled a lot and, um, you know, it, there, there's, it's with everything. There's, there, there's quality and then there's stuff that's trash. And I think that you just have to be smart enough to know what's, <laughs> what's good and what's not. And I think before even, before we started the podcast, we were talking about, you know, what podcasts I listen to. And I told you straight up, like there's stuff that, you know, I absorb that I want to absorb and there's stuff that I don't take, you know, into account. And so, um, unfortunately there's a lot of trash out there, but there's also been a lot of good stuff. And what sucks is that if you don't do it somebody's way, then it's not the right way. When in reality, I don't think there's really a right way or, uh, or really just one right way to do things. We'd all be rich. Um, so, so yeah, that's pretty Yeah, no, no, that's, I guess, strong agree. agree. Yes. Some good advice I got, and I, I don't want to like say what you said was wrong, but I, I thought that way. I, I like we talked about the, the quality of the content of the podcasts, the media, the articles you're taking in. Um, out in Vegas a couple months ago, I was talking to the mill, Money Mark Mills, whatever, and I, he was. We were just comparing like our phones, what podcasts we had subscribed to, and he had some awful ones. And I said, I'm like, those are trash. Like that, that's bad info. He's like, oh, I know. He's like, that's, these are bad. He's like, these are bad gamblers. These are these are idiots. He's he's like, how I don't remember how he said it. I was drunk and I'd eaten some candies that had drugs in them, but it really stuck with me because he said he's like, I just take in as much as I can. And he's like, and I know what's what. He's like, I love listening to some of these that are where you know they're they're. It's not like I'm gonna listen to them and fade them but it's nice to know like what what people who don't know what they're talking about are talking about so you can kind of think about those narratives and it it, it was kind of a good little piece of advice and i'm not going to go out there and look for like the world's worst gamblers and their podcasts but sometimes it isn't bad to listen to some of the really shitty people in this media and just just uh kind of get a feel for you know, and the whole public sharp split thing that you can argue left and right about, but there is, there is like the simple narratives that the public will latch onto. And that's how you're going to hear most of those and stuff like that. Dude, yeah, there's, like a cottage, there's a cottage, <laughs> kind of uh, there's a cottage, there's a cottage industry on Twitter of people who are running accounts that you're, that are like fade accounts. I mean, like there are people yeah, with yeah, thousands of followers <laughs> and it's like, no one is like following these people for good information. <laughs> They're following them specifically oh, to know, you know, or, or to like blame them to like, you know, when things go sideways and their play loses, like, oh, well, it's because that guy bet it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, there, there is a, it's a weird, it is a weird wild west space. And uh, I mean, well, that's a, that's a good question though. Like, ah, maybe we should just ask Alex to make him talk shit about somebody, but like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, you're, you're yeah you're you're trapped in a room a pending execution and you have to pick one guy to make an against the spread pick to save your life and it's it's Stu Finer, Jeff Schwartz and Clay Travis. <laughs> oh my god. And you Yeah. Do I got to These are these are the tough questions. Yeah, you got to yeah, just flip <laughs> You can't flip a coin um, three ways. <laughs> Give me, uh, give me finer. <laughs> Ooh, Stu, like Stu he's, okay. got, he's got stuff. He's got charisma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's got charisma. 
in some of the uh, in some of the years you've been on gambling Twitter, I guess is there any particularly fun stories you can remember of like just crazy shenanigans going on? Oh my god, yeah. So first of all, let me just say, in general, being on gambling Twitter is fan. Like, it, <laughs> I tell myself this all the time. Like, if I was on Twitter as a, just a regular like twenty five year old, like followed my friends from like my like, close friends and like had to deal with like their relationship pictures and like catching up with the real life. Like I, I, I would jump off a bridge. Like the best part about being on gambling, the best part about being on gambling Twitter is you can see something happen in a game that's not even televised on a major broad, like broadcast network. Like you'd be watching a game on FS one and you could watch a backdoor touchdown and you can go on Twitter and you will see a reaction from somebody. And that's just like, that to me is just like heartwarming to know that like, you are on a social media platform <laughs> because of game. Like everybody is there. Somebody, the somebody bet on East Tennessee State today, and you follow them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, and then I guess if I had one, like my favorite story of all time. So um, Brian Bullock used to do podcasts all the time throughout throughout gambling Twitter. I think I'm not sure if he still doesn't, but he did them a long time ago. And one time he had David Payne Purdom of ESPN Chalk, who is one of my, I'm a big fan of David Payne Purdom, had been following him for a while. One of my really big influence in getting started with uh, writing, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he had his avatar a couple years ago was just a picture of a, of a guitar, like of just an acoustic guitar. And one of the I gambling Twitter, one of the, <laughs> this is the good part. One of the, <laughs> one of gambling Twitter, Legends Carbon, aka at Carbon. Oh my God! One, forgot about wow. Carbon. Oh my God! So, forgot about so, Carbon. So Brian Bullock posed the question: Hey, if anybody has any questions for the pod, <laughs> we're having David, David Taylor. <laughs> Let me know. And Carbon, being snarky as hell, just asked the question: Is he really a guitar with no guitar? <laughs> <laughs> with no question mark like one of those things where you had to be there like only a select few, only a select few people still remember it. like i know my buddy has it pinned on his profile that i can go back and show you guys but like i, oh, know, just, I forgot just, about that story oh just, i remember that well i mean just that and the fact that like a lot of people that are on gambling twitter like you know, I, I talk to regularly. I will, I have people on gambling Twitter that I will FaceTime every Saturday morning just to bullshit with. And it's just that kind of like that lighthearted camaraderie to get away from the real world and stuff that you, and like I said, if I, if I had to have a normal social media Twitter account where I was keeping up with people's marriages and stuff, I would stub my toe repeatedly on the end of the couch until my foot fell off. So it's just, it's really lighthearted and, and fun to get away for sure. I forgot about carbon, man. Thank you for bringing that up. That, that just, yeah, 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 just remembering that brought me joy. Do you think he still is around? Uh, uh, you know, floating oh, around. I, I, I guarantee it, right? I don't, know, I don't know how you can stay away from gambling Twitter. By the way, funny story about carbon. He actually helped me pass my um, <laughs> my biology final, my junior <laughs> college. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, so like we had I. <laughs> I had been given like I'm talking like I, I studied sport management like total like jock like going into school like I had no idea why the hell I had ever, ever had to take like animal behavior like I needed this I'm not kidding you I needed this class to pass to like literally graduate and move to Phoenix and I had I was like a D plus and I needed a C minus to get through this thing so I asked Carbon I'm like 
dude, you know, science, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I need help <laughs> with, this, with this final. He's like, yes, yeah, send it over. So he helped me like, he helped me with like, um, how butterflies would adapt like, <laughs> on like a oh stranded God, island dude. and how they would survive and reproduce. So yeah, like he legit helped me pass my final and graduate college. Good dude. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, I, I think, and I think you hit, you hit on like the, you hit on the best part of gambling Twitter for me because I do love the drama and the arguments, especially God, the, the math argument last night was, it was incredible electric, but was an it, it, it's like, it, it was an all timer, but being sometimes gambling Twitter is akin. I've said this before to being in a really big sports book on on any day where there's a bunch of sports going on and it's even better than that because the sports book isn't going to put on the sunbelt game on one of the good tvs because there's always somebody there's always somebody that's on something anytime anything happens somebody gets mad or happy or whatever it's just it's just like the seeing the guy in the sports book that you can tell like took the run line with the you know with the mariners <laughs> and he's just losing his shit <laughs> Yeah, dude, yes. the reason the reason that sports gambling is great is you wake up on a Saturday morning expecting to like talk about college and see you know people retweeting stuff, and then you got somebody like God damn it, Liverpool getting out shot to Arsenal. Are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah. there's freaking stock on at seven a.m. right now. Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah. Yes. What, what time zone are these people in? <laughs> and that is the best. You follow people that you don't even know where they're from, and because some guys like, yeah, I'm gonna. One more, one more bet before I go to bed for the night. I'm like, fuck, it's noon. Where are you? <laughs> it is. What a community. Oh, so good. Um, okay, let me uh, get it back to uh, a little bit of uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, which is to talk about kind of writing about gambling and, and where things are going with, with uh, kind of, um, you know, media and gambling media. Um, did you, ha- do you have a, uh, a story that you wrote either at your last place or for the score, uh, that you were like particularly psyched about, like something that you were like, man, this will go down on my, you know, if somebody like asked me for a writing sample, like this is what I, I have, or even when you got to, got the gig at the score, was there like one sample that you submitted that you were like super proud of? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's one in particular that like, I was so jacked to submit because I needed to submit, um, you know, a couple examples of my work and what I could bring and I remember it was like 12 30 I had actually flown home from Arizona to see my family in Chicago and it was due in a couple of days and like I couldn't sleep and all of a sudden I was like you know what I'm gonna write about Kyle Freeland <laughs> and I stayed up till about 3 a.m writing about how Kyle Freeland was the most undervalued in baseball. Like I'm not really like, I, I will throw out, um, you know, trends piece. And, it, and again, I don't base my handicapping off trends. It's more so just food for thought and stuff, but I, I'll never forget Kyle Freeland being like 24 and three for five under at home at cores. And like, nobody knew about it. And he was being priced like an average pitcher at, at home at cores and obviously like something like that i mean is a little bit noisy when you take into consideration that colorado's offense could do it by themselves in the first five but like it was just one of those things that like hit me that i ended up just like rambling on like six seven hundred words on like why kyle freeland was like the most profitable pitcher in this fall like how nobody knew about him and sure enough like in the one game uh 
wild card game against Chicago. Like he pitched lights out and everybody was like, Oh my God, where'd Kyle Freeland come from? And I was like, Hey, I was on it like three, <laughs> three months ago. <laughs> and so that was like one of those things where, you know, obviously whenever you're ahead of the market on something, you're always going to feel it and stuff. And that was like kind of my, my one thing where, and it was funny because one of the, one of my buddies brought it up dropped the hint to me he was like dude kyle freeland at home spent money and i'm like really and then like you start looking into it and you're like wow you're getting like five and a half six runs every first five with him and he's pitching absolutely lights out like it just didn't make sense and stuff and so that was something and i've tweeted it about a couple times over the baseball season like happy kyle freeland day and stuff like that um but that was that was really fun to fun to uh to write about and stuff and it was just something that was like you know, wow, maybe this could be the piece that like actually gets me the job. And I don't know if it did or not, but I'm going to assume that they were like, wow, dude, this coffee Freeland piece is awesome. Let's hire this dude. <laughs> Excellent. <man. laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, I, I can particularly remember you writing a couple of pieces like uh, ranking different ways that uh, French fries are formed and uh, best uh, foods, yeah. best foods ranked at uh, for power ranking foods for graduation parties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I did do that. So- <laughs> it, w- it would be a, it would be uh, uh, irresponsible of us not to give you kind of an impromptu power ranking uh, sure. while you're on the pod here. Uh, Andy, you got anything uh, funny, like uh, something for like Halloween or something? Did, did, what, we, we pitched some ideas back and forth. Which one did you want to go with? I, I don't know. I, you know we could. Uh, what was one of yours? You I, had, I, uh, coach, I was coach. just going off the cuff. I said spookiest place kickers yeah that's that doesn't not, really uh, make any sense that's, that's tough yeah coaches <laughs> yeah coaches sense. coaches that uh, look coaches, most like co- head coaches that look most like a pumpkin yeah yeah that's still that's a little tough there's really a kind of a narrow category there um let's just do like uh, pumpkin coaches let's see so so halloween's on a wednesday next week uh and there's a lot of sports going on and there's a lot to do on that Wednesday. So maybe just like power rank these Halloween activities for us. Okay. Um, going trick or treating, uh, watching game seven of the world series, uh, Maction, You got ball state at Toledo. Uh, we got hockey, only a standalone hockey game, Blackhawks at Canucks. Uh, you got, uh, Pelicans, you look at into this? Pelicans at the Warriors. Uh, going to a Halloween party. I know you're uh, a big time social, uh, <laughs> <guy>, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You realize I love sports betting because I don't have to interact with humans, right? <laughs> or watching Halloween, the movie. Yeah. So, so real, uh, a narrow list there, uh, baseball, football, hockey, uh, matching, uh, trick or treating or, uh, or going to uh, a Halloween party. Jesus Christ. Okay. I have it written down right here. So last for sure. Halloween party. I ain't, I'm not, <laughs> dude, I'm not kidding you. I <laughs> I just started seeing someone actually, and she wanted to go to a ho- like a haunted house, and I was like, "That's not happening." <laughs> I was like, so "There's too, there's too okay. much NBA on for yeah. me to go to a haunted house." <laughs> You're lucky you miss out on apple picking in Phoenix, right? There's nowhere to go apple apple picking in oh, Phoenix, is there? God, every <laughs> fucking year we had, <laughs> we had to go to oh, got, gotta go apple picking to buy some mums. Yeah, no, nah, we had to go to the pumpkin patch on October 1, and I was like, all right, I, I'm telling you, man, I was like, all right, and then we're good. I was like, and then we're good. Then we could, I can watch sports, right, for the next three months. Are we even there? But, yeah, so Halloween party for sure last. Um, the World Series, I don't know if it gets to Game 7, so I'm actually going to cross that out. Okay, um, all right, all right. Yeah, throwing a, throwing a little yeah, That is pretty there. hypothetical. It is yeah, pretty hypothetical. For sure. Um Maction, we're probably looking at like Ohio and it's uh it's even worse. It's ball state at Toledo. 
Oh my god. Oh, Toledo's nah. I mean this is this is classic action. Ball that's, state. That's, yeah, the testicle tech test, testicle tech taking off the uh, taking on the uh, what's the Toledo mascot? I can't even remember. They're not the, the Akron's the Rockets. Toledo the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Testicle tech yeah. is the Rockets. So they, they uh, used to have a good offense and they suck so bad this year. <laughs> okay. Okay, so here's the thing. So I could never get a good read on like one game slates. So I probably wouldn't bet Maction. So that's off the list. Um that's that's probably the middle of the pack. Trick or treating, not that bad. That sounds superstitious to me. <laughs> <laughs> a little dude, I, I haven't played like a single one game slate and I can't tell you how long I can't it might it literally messes with my mind um Pell's Warriors it's a good way to go undefeated it is yeah true true uh <laughs> you know what I'm a Blackhawks fan probably bet that over at six and a half minus I don't know probably get yeah minus 105 on the I, I'll probably take that over you know what give me hockey uh Halloween movie if it's hocus pocus um, yes trick-or-treating Pell's Warriors Maction, uh, <laughs> the World Series, if it's still on, um, walking through a mile of glass and then Halloween party. <laughs> All right. Well, you did pretty good because I just threw those. I threw those at you impromptu without even giving you that prompted. So the fact that you even remembered them all, I give you huge props. That was well done. Uh, I like uh, and I like your list. Uh, we'll we'll give uh, we'll give people if you have if you're listening at home and you strongly disagree, by all means, tweet at us. Um, or, uh, or if you have a ranking of spookiest place kickers, because yeah. <laughs> it, it still makes sense in my head. Yeah, what's the, honestly, what's the criteria for that? Seabass clearly is the spookiest place kicker. You run to that guy in a dark alley at 2 a.m., you are in, you, you are not not feeling good about your life. Uh, God knows what he gets into in his free time. Um, <laughs> spooky. Oh, yeah. Seabass is, uh, is, is number one on that list. Yeah, he's spooky as shit. Um, especially up in the Pacific Northwest now. It's all rainy and dark. Oof. God, oh, guy's, yeah, dude. That's, yeah, a that guy's, that, that's a good yeah. setting right there. Really yeah, they could they could completely re you know you, they could completely redux that uh, that TV show The Killing uh, set in Seattle <laughs> and, and it could be all set around whatever Sebastian Janikowski does in his free time. Um, let's uh, let's dive into this slate. Let's just get right into this. Week eight let's talk. NFL is here. Let's talk NFL. Let's talk football. Uh, Thursday oh, night. Oh, and boy, do we got a good one to start with. <laughs> Thursday night football was back, was back. Thursday night football that I remember. Uh, as a young lad growing up, just terrible football was back last week. <laughs> After a bunch <laughs> of relatively good games, we finally got the, the the Thursday night stinker that we know and love, uh, and uh, and it's looking like another potential uh, stinker. Uh, the last time they put the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night football, do you remember the outcome, Andy? Is it the Ravens. It was the- it was against the Ravens, and it was a week eight last yeah, they year got too. Shut out. <laughs> they got shut out, forty-two nothing. I uh, I remember cashing an over thirty-nine on that with a pick six <laughs> by the Ravens at the end of that game. I think um, mm-hmm. that was a spectacular, spectacular moment in gambling history there, uh, with the forty to nothing game going over the, the posted total. Um, I believe the Ravens were like a short favorite. Oh yeah, I, yeah absolutely. I can say Adam. Short favorite. It was, they were definitely it was short probably favorite. the best. Yeah, yeah. It was a super easy game. Yes, that and it was it was cash ticket tech ticket cash at halftime. Those are always a lot of fun. That was it was like that last week. Denver ticket. It was pretty exciting. I don't see an angle that strong in this one by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you got Brocktober. 
probably. Do we have confirmation for sure that that Osweiler is going in the Sandy? It's not a hundred percent. It's not announced, I don't think, but it's assumed. Yeah, I think the I expectation know. was they're going to give uh, give uh, Tannehill another ten days off to get his shoulder right. Uh, so you're this is probably if you're like if you're like I I I only got one decent chance to fade Brock Osweiler, and it was last week, and you cashed a winner, and you want one last chance. This is probably it. He has, and he hasn't really. He hasn't really sunk out the joint yet. We haven't seen a classic, like just absolute god awful performance from the guy. I kind of think Brocktoberfest. Brock, we haven't seen a Brocktoberfest. I kind of think it's coming on the road on a short week. This feels like the spot we see him absolutely lay an egg. Houston Texans well, are not a great team. Yeah, the books certainly think so. The books I thought certainly this think opened, so. I thought this <laughs> opened way high, and then I looked at it. And I'm like. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was high, but then I'm like, well, if it's high, Andy, why don't you take yourself to my Miami plus seven? And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to slow down on that train. Yeah, yeah, we don't I mean, need to uh, do that. Yes, backing uh, backing Osweiler on a short week against a team with uh, J.J. Watt and Clowney does uh, not seem like a bright idea. So uh, as much as I don't love the Texans, as much as I cannot believe that they continue to pile up wins, with as bad as this offensive line is, with as terrible a coaching decisions as Bill O'Brien is making, they improbably uh, figuring out ways to win against teams that are as good or if not better than them. Uh, and I think they get another win here in Miami. We got... Uh, it's a uh, much shorter bus trip for Watson. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Do you want to talk about how that... Do you think that has any impact? Because I they, before they had the to take a they game, had to take a man, long... I almost I almost faded. Yeah, I almost faded him. I'm like, oh man, that's juicy. I think we're gonna take us some Jaguar money. And then I I decided that was dumb. Yes, I, I was with you as well. And like, uh that I was need... I was close and cooler heads prevailed. Yeah, I was with you as well. That was one of those nuggets where you see it and you think that probably a lot of people race to the book to get a Jaguar's ticket place, and you're like, you know what, it's not actionable information. Uh, but I do yeah, think I it, may, it, may, it may have uh, an impact on this week because <laughs> they had to take a long bus ride home after a pretty physical game against the Jaguars on Sunday. And you have a relatively short week. We could see a limited uh, Watson in this one. Um, all this kind of leading me in the direction of the under is the play here. I grabbed under 44 at plus 101. Um, Alex, what do you make of uh, Watson? And, uh, you know, we know he's dealing with uh, punctured lung, bruised ribs, whatever. Uh, do you think, uh, do you think he single-handedly, co- does he take this over the, uh, does he take this over the total like the Ravens did last week, last year against the Dolphins by himself? Well, how he hasn't died behind that offensive line yet is beyond me. Perfect. It's uh, crazy. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think, uh, I don't think the Texans go over the total by themselves, Andrew, uh, but I will say this. I also like the under as well. I think if you look at these oh, past two, it's not good. Yep. Yep. Believe me. Um, Osweiler past two weeks, like he hasn't played that bad, like 30, 38 points against the, or however many points against the bears. And then, you know, he puts up 21 against the lines, but like a lot of that yardage was receivers making plays in space and Albert Wilson's out. Kenny Stills is out. Devonte Parker's banged up. Um, Huge. That, that receiving corpse is like legit, like empty. AJ Derby's hurt. They, they have a shit ton of injuries. 
and going on the road. And I read something that I, I'm not going to put too much stock into this, but like Jadavion Clowney coming out and saying like, I didn't like Brock Osweiler. I'm just thinking, of, <laughs> I'm, just, just, I'm just thinking about Houston rushing eight every play and just, just trying to like legit, like put him in a body bag. Um, oh, I love it. So I like, I like the under in this game. I, I, I'm not backing, uh, I'm not trusting Bill O'Brien to cover, uh, seven plus, and I'm not betting my money on Brock Osweiler on in his first road game. Um, so I like the total in this one. I like the under, I think you can find it at 44 and a half and 45 in some short or, uh, in some places, but yeah, my, uh, my leans toward the under as well. Nice. Uh, well, you're very on brand there with our spooky theme, giving us a body bag and a corpse, a receiving corpse. So good, good on you. Uh, Andy, uh, did you already get involved in the under on this one? Or are you going to skip this entirely? Cause it's a trash fire. Uh, yeah, just trash fire. This feels like <laughs> you are absolutely right. You should be lauded for this under it'll get bet down. You'll have massive amounts of CLV and there'll be just a terrible beat at the end oh, it's just this, it feels it, no it just feels like a sloppy game real 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 sloppy games worry me like the uh, like the bills under when they took uh Derek anderson out i said no leave him yeah. in he's not gonna he's not gonna throw crazy pick sixes yeah yeah this right, could now, be a, now you're, this could now be now kind you're of a sloppy me. now you're spooking me because i you know no, i, th- I, I we think know you're that, making the right play but it's, it's a stay away from me you know, you, but like uh, my my under juju, I was walking on the you know I was walking on the train tracks, and I jumped out in front of the you know jumped out of the way of the train just in time on a couple ones last week. There were some close calls on a couple unders I had last week. So uh, now you're spooking me a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean I'm you know basically yeah, I'm sure that won't like, regress to the mean. <laughs> I see. I, I but I contend that those were not lucky wins. They were they were close calls, but they were not lucky wins. No, you bet. You bet right. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna stick stick with my guns here. Brock Osweiler throwing the ball into the dirt because he's working with some new receivers on a short week, looking like the Brock Osweiler we know and hate. Um. And uh, yeah, Texans get it done, but uh, I'm you know too many points to lay on a short week when you don't have that significant of an advantage from a from a power number standpoint i guess um let's move down to the cod talk about the standalone london game you got the uh, okay. jacksonville shaguars making their annual trip to uh, the united kingdom and uh taking on the philadelphia eagles who will be overseas for the first time ever philadelphia absorbed a pretty meaningful injury today i felt like they put uh, their key pass yeah. rusher at least for this season their key pass rusher has been Derek barnett and they put him on injured reserve uh with season in shoulder surgery uh i think that's a problem uh and it i think it might tilt the favor a little bit in the uh for this home away from home uh jaguars here andy are you gonna get involved in this I try to stay away from teams I can't figure out. And I think this is a double whammy for that. (laughs) Philadelphia, man, their, their offense was moving nicely. I thought I liked the play calling and then just suddenly things changed. And then all of a sudden Cam decided to start playing it. That that was a, if you had Eagles minus five rough, that was rough. And then Jacksonville, uh, we keep going back and forth with Bortles. I've said this again and again. I saw good things out of him last year at times, and it just we're not getting any of that. So, what the hell was that? I'm getting dive bombs. 
excited. Is anybody alive? <laughs> the Germans are attacking. I know it's crazy, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's weird, weird day here. Uh, okay, yeah, I, that is all very, very well taken. Point. Yeah, the Jets game is next, are, but um, these, no, I just these, I can't figure out Bortles right now. This, this is a pass, <laughs> hard pass, so yeah. pass. Bortles, uh, Bortles was benched, but then reinstalled as the starter. Uh, tough to say exactly where his confidence is somewhere between in the garbage can and, you know, like at the top of the garbage can. Um, do we have travel news yet? I, that's the only angle. We do. We do. Both. both, No one's fucking their travel. They are both flying on Thursday. Uh, and so they, but again, this is a trip that this Jacksonville squad has made year in, year out. They're prepared for it. They're They're a little more comfortable over there. Uh, Philadelphia uh, Eagles, on the other Big hand, ben are Parliament. going over for the first time. <laughs> they have all they have seen it. They've seen Big Ben a couple times. Um, on the other hand, Philadelphia is making their first ever trip. Uh, I really wish Philly had held on for a win there. That would make me feel a little bit more uh, keen about backing the Jaguars here. Um, but just 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 being that they are you know that they are comfortable in this situation, uh, I'm okay laying my you know laying or. Back, I'm not laying anything. I'm backing the uh, Jaguars at plus 150 here, uh, expecting that this is a coin flip kind of game. And I, you know, the money line here is the play for me over taking plus three. Uh, and I'll tell you why. The Jaguars are a team that either gets a lead and is tough to deal with, or they go, they fall behind and they lose by 20. So this is, you know, there's really no point in holding plus three. Yeah, for they're, me. Not a ba- they're not going to backdoor yet. They're not going to backdoor this. They're not going to keep this thing close and then lose with lose with a heartbreaking field goal attempt by Philly here. This is more like they get a lead and they play from ahead and they put Philly in the hurt locker and they are, people are like, wow, what's wrong with Philly? Or they just get absolutely railroaded here. But I'm going to take plus 150 because I think this is relatively evil, e- even chances, 50-50 chances of those two outcomes. Um, you have a read at all on the, uh, can you help us? Uh, kind of divine the uh, the Jags and the Eagles a little bit here, Alex. Yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head here when you said you know you would have wanted to see what would have happened if Philly had won last week because I'm on the same page here. Except I wanted to see what would have happened if Bortles didn't get benched because if he didn't, I'd probably play this over. Um, mm. The Eagles' defense, I think, is absolute trash. I think they have the biggest discrepancy between um, average yards per play allowed and adjusted yards for play allowed based on strength of schedule. Like they have not been that good. Um, and obviously with Bortles getting benched, if I'm not mistaken, I think Doug Marone said that he's going to be on a short leash. And I think that is going to impact him with, you know, Bortles isn't a guy that takes a lot of shots, but if you're talking about a guy who throws intermediate routes and is on, now on a short leash and now has to play perfectly, I think he's going to make more check downs, more smarter plays. And I think that, that it's going to be actually harmful to the over. I would have actually had rather played the over with Cody Kessler under center. I, I like playing on quarterbacks who are more volatile and either can create big plays or cre- can create turnovers going the other way. But due to Bortles being on this quote unquote short leash and having this chance of him, you know, playing the game safe, I'm not making a play, but I do have a slight lean to the over at 41 and a half. Interesting. Interesting. I had. Really I do, I do like the that, take on the Eagles yeah, defense. Yeah, the Eagles there's so many, so much so of that. Like Jaguars, Eagles, like well, Jaguars, Eagles, Vikings. Like maybe, maybe if you're not watching a ton of games every weekend, and you just think about some of those, those are those are really good defenses. Maybe, maybe more in the public perception than in reality, because those defenses have been 
anything but good compared you know, if you just especially compared to some of the play you saw out of last year. It's right, been right. a struggle for those three. Right. Relative to expectations, they've all it. way underperformed. It's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah, and you can't yeah, you can't just say, well, this is Ramsey and the gang, you know, the, the or Philly with their pass rush. Like there's some serious problems with both these defenses right now. It's true, man. And um on top of that, uh, Philly's been especially suspect on the road. Uh, they've had a couple of okay games at home. Uh, now obviously not the fourth quarter of that Carolina game, but uh, other than that, they've been relatively stout at home. Uh, on the road, they're not good. And uh, yeah, I, I'm worried about Philly long term. Actually, you got any? Are you yeah. worried at all about uh, uh, the Redskins stealing the East from you, Andy? <laughs> Pretty much, because <laughs> I have Eagles. I have. I, have a cowboy, a big Cowboys ticket, and they hedged it with the Eagles, and they go and do that. Which yeah. we did. We 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 won't ruin the surprise, but I have a hot take on the Redskins game. Okay, all right. Well, I can't wait to hear that. Uh, let's so, get to uh, let's, let's come back to uh, to the United oh. States here and talk about uh, Brownies versus the Steelers. Uh, the Brownies are. Uh, they continue to be kind of the drama uh, team uh, there. Can you guys hear me? Am I doubling up? Nope. I don't know. I don't know. That's something. Like maybe a walkie-talkie has joined the, the community. It did sound like a walkie-talkie. Did I hear All a right. niner? Did I hear catch a niner in there? Um. Yeah. No. The uh, okay. Let me start. <clears throat> Let's head back to the states. The uh, the brownies take Browns. on the Steelers. The Browns take on the Steelers, and the Browns have been kind of the drama queens of the NFL in terms of what's going on with their coaching staff. They have the worst head coach and coordinator combination across the league, and it's not close in my opinion. Uh, and uh, you see Hugh Jackson wrestling control of the offense back from Todd Haley. Not that it's going to make a whole hell of a lot of difference, but I just don't see this going well whatsoever. On the flip side, you have a rested Pittsburgh Steelers team that's coming in with a little bit of momentum, uh, a couple of wins. Uh, before their bye that were pretty important to writing their season uh, and, uh, you know, in a nice spot here to put a thumping on a Browns team that they tied with in week one. And actually, kind of a common narrative this week that's that's maybe somewhat important or somewhat useful. We have three uh, rematches this week. This is the first of three divisional rematches that we see on the card. And um, I personally really am, am feeling Pittsburgh got a little bit right uh, and that they are going to uh, embarrass the Browns in, uh, in Pittsburgh this weekend. Uh, Alex, uh, do you um, feel similarly, or do you think this is a spot where the Browns are, uh, are favorably priced as a division team with familiarity played the Steelers tough year, weekend, week out, year in, year out. Uh, am I walking into a trap here laying eight points for Pittsburgh? No, I don't think so. I'll be honest with you. I hate playing divisional games. I I can't tell you the last time I played a divisional game. To be honest, I oh, hate them. Interesting. Um, interesting. Not you know. I'm just not a big fan of them. I, you know, there's a there's a large enough honest like I don't want to talk about sample size, but there are larger sample sizes when you talk about um, stability with head coaches and players and stuff and all that stuff. But I, you know, it it messes with my mind to play divisional games. I'm surprised that the line actually went up to eight i thought it actually would have went uh would have went under seven to be honest with you um but looking back on that game too i mean ben roethlisberger turned the ball over like what like three or four times they had like pitted like five turnovers <laughs> in that game and like still managed to, to tie i mean i know they were up like 21 nothing or 21 seven in that game like 
obviously things change with Tyrod out and now Baker in. I think the offense is a lot better. But then again, you know, Josh Gordon being out hurts them. Rashard Higgins is out. Like they're still like trying to find a stable receiving corpse for Baker. Um, going on the road, hot team off a of bye week. Like I don't have any read on it, but gun to my head, I would either play the Steelers or I would throw them in a teaser. I think they're a good teaser option for this week. Uh, Andy, is that music to your ears? Teaser leg, teaser leg spectacular oh, here with Pittsburgh closing on eight. my language. Uh, yeah, shout out to Suma, who was all over this early. He's He was drooling over like uh, Pittsburgh and the Rams, I think, and just look right in the teaser windows, which, God, if you give me Pittsburgh minus eight at home, that might fall into a teaser pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Is this going to be the biggest li- teaser liability leg uh, that the books see all season, Andy? Oh, teaser, money line parlay. It's going <laughs> to be a lot of games. Everybody's got every song, yeah. Every multiple bet like that, and, and probably the Rams, too. Although yeah. there will be some money on Green Bay if you give them that big of a number, getting way ahead of ourselves there. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going. I'm go, I, I like. Um, I guess my thinking was basically the same way that Alex laid it out. Uh, it, the, it took, it took five incredible turnovers. It took terrible weather. It took, um, you know, some, some pretty spectacular. And yeah, that's where I don't know how much I can you know, that, that weather. For the right, well, so this is it's, it's yeah, hard. Right. It's hard yes. to use that game as much of a bellwether with the weather. weather. Yeah. And it, here's it another uh, spoiler there's supposed to be rain in, in Pittsburgh on Sunday, too. Again, so, mm. uh, good luck with that. <laughs> okay, well, I love the way that uh, I love the way that Connor's playing for the Steelers, I love the way that uh, Ben and Antonio Brown have kind of mended fences. Juju Smith Schuster is an outstanding matchup against uh this uh the browns pass defense has regressed big time uh since these teams met met in in week one they're moving randall around and putting him in disadvantaged situations where he's matched up against guys he can't cover and uh i think the steelers i think the steelers call their number here i'm capping this one 31 20 but i can see this one like 31 3 and here's here's another point well just to throw this out here too sure sure i i think you know Receivers obviously don't mean shit to point spreads, uh, you know, outside of maybe Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, maybe a half point or whatever. But just in terms of matchup problems and stuff, like the Steelers are going to score points. I don't think Baker has enough at his disposal to keep pace. If Josh Gordon and Rashard Higgins and Jarvis Landry and David Njoku and that entire school corpse was there, like I don't think Pittsburgh's defense is anything to write home about. And I can see Baker Mayfield being able to move the ball and, you know, even having eight points and the chance for a backdoor and whatnot. But I don't, I just don't think, I think the loss of Gordon and Higgins, it, it hurts that offense more than people realize. That's a strong point as well. And, uh, yeah. and you know, they, they have one good cover corner in Ward, uh, which means and he can't cover both Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. There's no way to do that. So um, it's, it's, it's tough to do that. It's tough to do that. It's tough to come. And, and that's and that's why this totals in the low fifties. That's right. And uh, yeah, um, I don't think side, the Browns. Side, Steelers. Yeah, Steelers. Side note. Yeah. I do also have a pending. I have a pending bet of uh, uh, what is his name? The guy who doesn't play Le'Veon. 
Le'Veon to not be traded before the deadline, which is in like six or seven days, which Ooh. is a plus 200 max bet I made. And by max bet, I mean $25 because that's all the more they would let me put on it. <laughs> Dude, you should. Yeah, you and should. I, I just, I was going, I was going through bets and I saw that. I'm like, Oh, that one's about ready to pop. So Dude, hopefully that'll, that'll he pay for, the team and that'll pay for all your Halloween 50 candy bucks. right there, man. In one swoop, man, 50 bucks right there. Damn right. Um, Let's uh, let's move down to uh, the rematch number two, uh, and also NFL head coach that looks most like a pumpkin, Andy Reid, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they take on the Broncos here in a rematch of a Monday night game we saw what like three or four weeks ago. If it doesn't feel that long ago, I feel like we just saw Case Keenum overthrowing Demarius yes. Thomas down the sideline, a pass that would have uh, secured a win. Uh, for the Broncos. Uh, thankfully, some of us were early betting that market and got Broncos plus four and a half and didn't sweat the cover. Uh, other people uh, had a really tough time on that one particular play. Um, but uh, all that said, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I kind of wish they had lost that game and this would be like a nice little revengey spot. Uh, and you have all of these stories floating around about Denver Broncos just being, you know, an, uh, kind of a mess a little bit of a mess, I guess. Um, I'm trying with, to find uh, swag. that tweet right now. I'm going back through the chat. Yeah, Swag Kelly get uh, arrested. Uh, they have. Well, they said uh, they're going to trade. They they're trading. Yeah. They're talking about trading. Their, yeah, they're talking about trading their defensive tackle, who's the team captain. Uh, they had a cocaine themed Halloween costume party. Uh, all things you don't necessarily complain. Uh, you know, comport with uh, being focused to play a division rival who is lighting the world on fire on offense. Um, this feels like a like a real uh, easy spot to see Kansas City win going away. Uh, I could only fa- I could only come up with about a ten point difference between these teams in Arrowhead on Sunday, so I'm not betting the side or the or total here. Um, but uh, a case could be made for an over here. A case could be made to back the Chiefs here. Um, I just, I'm just not going to get involved. Uh, we see real quick, uh, Denver, they get a little extra rest coming off Thursday night. That's a plus. However, it's negated with, this is their second week in a row on the road. Um, are you going to approach, you know, I guess, I guess we know Alex, you're, you're, you're cool on divisional matchups, but is there an angle here to to explore? Yes. This is actually my favorite matchup of the day. And I actually want to touch on a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Go, go, go for it. Go for it. Like you said, this is a divisional matchup that I told you that I hate playing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, actually, funny story here to preface this this analyzation here. I actually matched, humble brag, but I actually matched with Chad Kelly's ex-girlfriend on Bumble. Right. And it was funny because she was like, yeah, I dated like a Denver Broncos player. I was like, oh, who is it? She was like, oh, it was a quarterback. I was like, was it Swag Kelly? She's like, ha, yeah, how'd you know? And I was like, no shit. And like, so we're talking and stuff and she's like, yeah, like he's like not as bad as like the headlines would suggest. I was like, uh, are, are you and I reading like different headlines? Cause he's like fighting people <laughs> left and right. He's been like, he's been kicked out of like every school he's been to and stuff. And all I could think about today when he was like trespassing somebody's house and like incoherent stuff. And all, all I could think about was, you know what, Erica, you were a fraud and you lied <laughs> and you were, and you were yeah, wrong. About you that. almost <laughs> got third hand herpes from him. You totally, you totally not bullet on that dodge. One. Seriously, man. Bullet yeah. dodge. No one wants, no one wants, uh, no one wants, uh, uh, 
penicillin resistant gonorrhea, man. Good, 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 uh, good dodge there. Um, yeah. So, 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 so there's my, uh, suck it, Eric. There's, there's my take on Chad Kelly. Um, okay. So I feel like so bench, bench Keenum and star Kelly got that. Okay. Um, yeah. So does this open, open up an angle for you back in the uh, chiefs here? Or are you going to be, uh, you think, uh, Denver is more competitive than the line suggests. So here's the thing. So I, I feel like, I feel like whenever somebody's starting, betting the NFL, like you're automatically inclined, like you're automatically programmed in some way, shape or form to like automatically assume that West coast teams playing on the East coast, like for the early kick are like terrible. Like you could not ever bet a sport in your life. And somebody would be like, Hey, you want to bet NFL sports today? You're like, what teams playing on the East coast? Like they're bad. Like that's one of like the, a huge myth that like doesn't really tell anything, but I will say this, the Broncos under Vance Joseph, are 0 and 6 against the spread on the East Coast playing the early kick and they're being outscored on an average of 36 to 15 and it's something that I've played the last couple times twice actually this season already uh the first time against the Ravens when they lost as 6 point dogs uh 27-14 and then I faded them again at New York against Sammy Darnold my child and they lost 34-17 um also 0 and 6 against the spread first half um looking back at that game that was played in Denver. Um, just looking at how that game played out, Denver tried to run the ball and play keep away. And they kind of did for the first half. And that chewed up clock that kept Mahomes on the sidelines this week. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the chiefs are going to score at will. Denver's going to be forced to throw the ball. Denver can throw the ball on Casey's defense. I think after showing up on primetime last or this past Sunday uh, against a pretty good Cincinnati offense, I think, um, they're due for a letdown. I actually love the over in this game at 55. I know it sounds square, but I don't see how the Chiefs don't score at will, and I don't see how Denver is able to score in garbage time at, at least 17, 20 points, and that might be all they need. I dig that. Andy, I really looked hard at the over here. Now I feel like a schmuck for letting the line movement influence me because I was like, oh, man, Chiefs taking under money again? Like, this is like, oh, you know, like every time I've seen that this this year, it's been a little bit of a bellwether. And so I was kind of like, eh, not not going to get the under here. Uh, you know, no no point in really making myself sick betting an under with Pat Mahomes game. Uh, but, uh, you know, is there is there an angle on the over that makes sense to you? It feels kind of right on. Just I, I feel less, I feel less good about, you know, the opponent scoring on this defense. They're not giving up huge chunk plays right now and maybe some of that was you know i'm not a huge trend guy but primetime andy dalton does somehow suck every time he does there was that there was that to contend with where i i felt like just things went wrong like the Bengals should have scored more I'm not saying the Bengals should have covered, but man, the Bengals probably should have scored a little more. So I, I, I man, you know, I'm not a Keenum guy. He's looked shitty at best. They, there's, there's confidence ruining rumors about possibly starting Chad Kelly, which Keenum can probably <laughs> breathe a sigh of relief now after he reads the place water in the morning with his coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's a Keenum yeah, swag swag went full. Uh, well, he went Mayfield on it. 
just getting in trouble with the law. I saw that video again the other day. I love Mayfield making a break for it. Um, <laughs> this feels right on. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, it, you know, 42, 17, what's that get you to? 59? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm 40, I'm, 40, 40, well, 42, 13. That feels about right. 42, 13. I can see it too. Uh, the, I guess as I look at the, um, as I look at the uh, Chiefs' results this year, I th- I think the over was the right play in every single game. Uh, the they sh- it should have hit in that uh, Broncos game uh, in Mile oh, High. That that last touchdown would have taken that over the total. Uh, it should have hit in that Jags game. The Jags had a chance to score the at Jags twice had four, at the goal line. Four yeah, turnovers four, inside the thirty. Yeah, that should have gone over. Uh, it should have gone over in the Cincinnati game. Spencer Ware doesn't trip over his shoelaces. That goes over the total. They should have gone over on every single uh, game that they've had so far this season. Uh, so, yeah, why not look over here? Um, Denver- it, it, here's just one last point, too, guys. I mean, the total's at 50. I mean, we're seeing so many high totals nowadays. I doubt that if you're running numbers and you're running miles, you're going to see substantial edges to the over um, with numbers that high. But still, I mean, at, at, at this point, at these, at these prices, the way that Kansas City's been able to move the ball, like, I've made the mistake this season fading the Chiefs just to fade the Chiefs because you think that the market's overcorrecting a little bit, when in reality, the Chiefs are actually the oh, right. Yeah, you're not the only one. I, yes, you know, I, there are people on this podcast who feel exactly the same way. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and that's pretty much it. And I, and I think that's it could be seen as the obvious play to play the over, but I don't see any reason how this game doesn't go over. I don't see, there's nothing that tells me that Kansas city's offense is going to slow down. And the fact that they had their, you know, show up game last this past weekend on prime time defensively, I think that they take a step back and I watched Keenum, you know, score points in garbage, the jets and, you know, they have the playmakers to score points, whether it's, you know, in meaningful time or garbage time. I just don't see how that game doesn't go over. That's me. That's just my, my final thoughts. Okay, let me uh, I'll offer a dissenting opinion, and then let's move on since I actually don't even have a plan on this. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs' defense is particularly susceptible to the run attack. Uh, and if the Broncos are determined to try to move the ball on the ground, uh, as opposed to putting Keenum on the spot, uh, they could shorten the game that way. Uh, they could do like the Giants did le- last night and, you know, move the ball effectively to the 50-yard line and then go promptly go three and out and punt it to the one. You know, I mean, it, it's it's possible you could see a shorter game than expected just because the Chiefs' run D is a little suspect and and Denver can run the ball. Um, any worry there that the game gets short on you? For uh, for Chiefs Broncos, any any worry that uh, the game gets a little shortened because the uh, the Broncos run and kill the clock? Yeah. Yeah, see, that was that was kind of my point going back to uh, the game three weeks ago. Denver, um, out of the gate, tried to run the ball. They tried to establish. And then just, you know, looking at the play-by-play and what they were trying to do, first and second down, they were trying to run the ball. They were trying to move the chains, keep Mahomes off the sidelines. But with KC as a 10-point favorite, the way that they've been scoring at home, I don't think Denver can afford to just run the ball. I think they're going to be behind, gonna be behind all afternoon and are going to be forced to throw. And that's why I think last – meeting you saw that game get shortened down you saw less opportunities for Mahomes out on the field with Denver trying to grind it out and trying to move the chains and trying to eat up clock and the second that they went down I think it was 13 to 10 
he, you saw Keenum starting to throw the ball more. And so it, they had a clear identity about what they wanted to do early. I just don't think that they're going to be able to do it this time around. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, another, the next game on the card here, uh, your son, Sam Darnold, heads to Chicago <laughs> to play your hometown Bears. Uh, yep. How's he going to do? Um, I think Sam Darnold's tipped his cap a little bit on how he's going to perform this year. And it's pretty simple. I think he's going to be able to have success against bad defenses. And I think he's going to be shut down when he plays a good defense. And I think you look at Chicago and how they've been picked apart the past two weeks, what really kills the bears. And I can tell just by watching them is they do not know how to tackle in space. They struggle with speed and they saw a whole ton of it with Miami with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. And then just future MVP Albert Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I thought that was a terrible signing, and then he started to go off, and I was like, wow, that's pretty unbelievable. But um, even last week, you know, you give up 38 to the Pats, but they only gave up 24 points on 10 possessions. I thought they did a pretty good job of holding Tom Brady in check, and 14 of the points came via special teams. So I think this is a good spot to buy uh, to buy low again on the Bears' defense uh, against a rookie quarterback. Um I think New York gets a couple pieces back in the secondary healthy. Um, I know Chicago's uh, littered up the past few weeks, but still Mitchell Trubisky is a guy who he, he likes to check the ball down. He's not a guy that really lets it rip. He's had a lot of explosive plays come from his receivers, making plays in space. And I think that's a little volatile and a little random. So I like the under in this game at 46 and a half. Nice. We're on the same page there, 100%. That was a perfect breakdown. I really can't add much to it. Andy, you going to take a side or a total on this? <laughs> Thanks, Will. <laughs> uh, <what? laughs> I, I missed the early number on the Bears. Hashtag regrets with an A. I would have loved to get anything early. I think it's the right side. I think I love what Alex said about uh, God, we're, just, we're just sucking this guy's dick up this game. Jeez. We really, we really, really like to break down. I, I, but no, I, um, I really yeah. did. Yeah. It, it is a Darnold, Darnold versus Darnold versus a decent defense, especially on the road. This could be a hard struggle bus game for him. Chicago could suck, cover this seven with 10 points, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like this, this could be a low score game where they cover a touchdown i i do lean towards the under i lean towards it's tough getting favorite and under but i don't think that's a, a big stretch where you can see the jets not getting on the board much at all so i would lean that possibly a i mean you're looking at like a 22 and a, so you're looking at probably jets around 19 and a half 20 for a team total yeah. i could be talked into a team total under i like that a lot Ooh, nice, nice look. Because that that insulates you from Mitch Trubisky going off and throwing six touchdown passes, <laughs> which burned which me the last time. It's been I known to happen under in in Soldier Field. Last and time I was on the under, that happened. I think, and I think uh, the Jets are the Jets are getting some of that. Uh, I can't remember everybody who was injured going in the last week. It was a lot of people. Oh, great, great they point. Had several injuries. Ton of pieces. They had several defense. injuries in the defensive backfield. They're coming back. That that is a good. That'll help your under. Right on. That's a great point. Okay. Um, do you think uh, Bears gets up to seven and a half, eight, and into the teaser zone for you? Highway to the teaser. I'm looking at numbers right now. Teaser zone. We should we should do more songs, Whale. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. We already do so many. I, I don't know if we can do more, man. I'm not seeing a ton of. Uh, 
steam getting it over the seven right now. It looks like the plus seven is taking some money. I, I don't think it will. I don't know how I feel about that one anyway. Okay. All right. All right. Even as well, I, as I, as I push for it, I could just see Chicago screwing this up. Like it's not a game. I'm uh super jacked back anything on. Yeah. Me neither. I, I'm on the under, but I'm capping this on 24, 18. So I'm on under 45. I sold out to plus one Oh four to get that juice reduced. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's move down to a divisional matchup that I don't have an edge on. I don't have an angle on. I don't really want anything to do with watching or betting this. The Redskins head to the giants. Uh, the Giants are getting a massive amount of respect from the uh, books here, only being a uh, one-point dog after uh, you know being one and five to this point, taking on the division-leading Washington Redskins. Andy, what is the uh, what is what are the NFC East gambling gods going to do to you in this game? Well, this is where, and I would love this. Maybe that's part of it. I'm subconsciously hoping for this, but. It just like if I had to take all the handicapping out of this and just look at this game from a you know fans perspective, maybe I'm a Giants fan or a Cowboys fan. It's like, oh, Washington can get a win against a really bad team and kind of put a little distance in between them and everyone else for the division lead. You gotta think Washington loses by like 21, 24. Like that's just <laughs> that's the NFC East this year. That's the Jay Gruden, that's the Jay Gruden. Special. Just, like just, yeah. That is just a J. Yeah, that's just gut look here. Otherwise, boy, the Giants looked listless in the first half. Um, at one point, and I tweeted this out because it broke my brain a little. They had two receivers over a hundred yards with only three points on the board. Incredible! It's that almost seems impossible. like hard. That seems hard to do. And granted, uh, a mom- moments later, they did kick a second field goal. But even when you have six points on the board. It was baffling how how the the game just kind of laid out on Monday. It was a weird game. It was awful to watch. And honestly, if if you cashed a Giants ticket, like hopefully you already had a bad beat earlier in the season to even that one out because that was a little sketch. <laughs> that was one hell. Of <laughs> Sorry, that Falcons Packers. That yeah. was crazy. But uh, yeah, this was an ugly stay away game. These are. I don't think Washington. Obviously, I don't think Washington is as good as they. The record shows and sound like they have a great record to be on top of the division either. But, well, I hope uh, you're yeah, ugly hope, game. Yeah. I hope you're right on this. I hope the Giants get a win, head into their bye with a little bit of a uh pat on the back here because I want to get a nice look at uh Washington next week. Washington next week hosts Atlanta. Uh Atlanta on the road is real rough. Um and I would <laughs> like to get a little like like to get a nice little competitive price on the Redskins uh in a, uh hosting the uh, Falcons next week. So let's go Giants. Uh Alex, do you uh see anything manifest in the uh, cider total for this uh NFC East clash and if you had to stake it uh you know a wager right now on who wins the NFC East, where are you going? Oh Jesus Christ! Um, okay, first, first starters. The New York Giants, for whatever reason, I have zigzagged on them so many times the last year and a half. Like I'm talking just like straight up buy low spots, and not even like sides, but like their totals. Like for whatever reason, I am like the Nostradamus of New York Giants totals, and I like this over on Sunday. Um, what always lures me to Giants totals is the fact that they have so much potential that I look at their depth chart and I'm like, how in the world does this team not put up at least like 24, 27 points a game with their receiving corpse? 
And then I watch Eli Manning throw the ball into the dirt like 40 times a game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this actually feels weather aside. I think there's supposed to be some weather in East Rutherford this weekend, which will probably keep me off or at least overthinking. But this is just another buy low spot for me on the Giants offense. Honestly, what I've been doing is I will literally root for a Giants game to go under and their and for their offense to poop their pants. And then like you look at the you look at the headlines the next morning and it's like, is Pat Shermer a dipshit? Or like does Odell Beckham want out? And I'm like, oh my God, yes. Get all the media on the Giants offense, tell them they suck. And then they're gonna go out and put up 28 and lose the next week and the game's gonna go over. And that's honestly what's happened like the last three times. And so um with everybody calling Pat Shermer a, a dumb dumb and you know, criticizing OBJ for going pee at halftime and like everybody talking about Saquon <laughs> Barkley's quads. Give me the over 41. Okay. <laughs> 40, I like it. 42. I like it. I can't like be it. scared that's... of like water. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's some deep. That's, it that's, makes that's him feel deep. squishy. <laughs> that's, the, that's the quote of the year. That was, that was so good. Uh, you're kind of talking me into this over, man. I'm gonna have to think about a couple of these overs. You, you got got some good angles, Alex. You have a light. Um, you have a light. Uh, I saw your. I saw your bets. I know. Kind of light this card. week. You, I, I am a little. A couple. I am. I might be. Um, let's talk about one where I do have an angle. Uh, Seattle Seahawks coming off of their bye after a very impressive win in the UK, thumping the uh, the lifeless Raiders 27-3. Impressive with air quotes. Impressive with air quotes, yeah. They beat a Raiders team to quit, and they... Well, they made Derek Carr cry. So there's that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and they now head to the Motor City to take on a Lions team that is clicking on offense. Uh, they their, their play calling is pretty interesting. Their weapons are all healthy. Matt Stafford is getting plenty of time to pick apart defenses. Uh, the week one aber- is, is looking more and more like an aberration in that 48-10 or whatever loss to the Jets. Uh, and uh, it does feel like the Lions are going to somehow insert themselves into the conversation, playoff conversation in the NFC here. Uh, probably not make it, but at least be in the discussion. Um, they do, they do this every year. They do this every year. Uh, are they, you know, are they contenders as far as you see, Andy? And if they are, they, what do they do to the Seahawks here? They, they thump them. Oh boy, this this total does seem a little low. Did you bet on this one, or am I? I, I, I did. don't. I didn't look at your card that close. I guess I did. I am on the over. What? what oh, I, yeah, I. I was I had an inkling because it does feel just a touch low. It's been bet up a half point in some places, but it's not really getting hit hard yet. I'm not super keen on the the Lions defense at all. I mean, I, I really, boy, I like Carry on Johnson a lot. I, I do too. Maybe I've paid attention. I, I have him on like a fantasy team, so I like him even more, but Boy, he is he's a lot of fun. And they do have weapons in the passing game if Stafford's not being stupid. And also to be fair, the you know, the Jets game, they did say like in you know, take it with a grain of salt, whatever, that uh there was possibilities that the Jets knew the plays. And I I don't know how much I you know believe some of that, but if you watch that game, it kind of felt like it 
they were they were really knowing where where everything was going. I mean, how many interceptions did Stafford throw that day? It was it was gross. That was a that was a fun day to be a Jets backer if you were on that train. Or a, I I cashed my Darnold rookie of the year ticket like at halftime. Like we're going. Dude, um, we had Detroit, a uh, over, something. Million. Oh yeah. Yeah, we did. I'd forgotten about that. I was going to say, why did we have so much fun in that game? I know I didn't have a Jets ticket. Yeah, we had all the alt-overs. Almost almost everything cashed. It didn't get to like the 74 and a half. Didn't quite get there. Um, Detroit has given up like the third or fourth most rushing yards per game, which, I mean, you can say maybe that's not great for an over if the team's running the ball a lot. But I, I think that's what Seattle's bound to determine to do. They've kind of said that they have a few backs that they're all kind of using. None of them are great, but honestly, none of them are you know hot garbage. So Detroit's given up like 140 yards a game on the ground. If if Wilson can stay clean, maybe uh, not take any of those 15 yard sacks, re-scrambling around back there, getting no help, and they can they can get some yards on the ground. Seattle puts up 21, and I think that's you know Detroit's going to get their points, and this should go over. I dig it. And um, minus minus three feels short too. I, I don't so, know. I got a lot of Seattle hate in my heart though too. Yeah. So my yeah, some of my yes, it's Seattle Heat is actually my angle on this. I, I really don't think the Seattle defense is particularly good. Uh I think they No, they're been, they're awful. They've been propped up and they've made they've been made to look better than they are by some pretty uh pretty you know, um unimpressive opponents, really. Uh and uh I think the lines that get into the high twenties, low thirties in this game. And then on the other side of the ball, you got an offensive line that's finally protecting Russell Wilson. Uh, he's doing some magical things. He's scoring, he's scoring touchdowns. They're relatively, they're actually kind of unsustainably efficient in the red zone, which is maybe a little spooky to be on the over. But uh, all that said, uh, Seattle can score. There's the, uh, the Detroit defense is nothing to write home about. Uh, so uh, over was my look here because I really couldn't kind of come up with a you know a strong convincing play on either side here. Um, Alex, uh, is there reason to be concerned about this over, or do you think uh, I'm I'm on the right trail? Well, that's the thing. I too lean to the over um, mainly because I don't have any reason to bet the under. Um, anyway, you look at it. Um, <laughs> really, I, I mean, you look at it. Detroit's one of the hottest offenses coming in. Um, averaging 6.7 yards per play their last three scoring points at will. They have the playmakers to do it. Um, about time that they started tapping into what they have potential-wise on the outside. I mean, they could throw it with the, with the best of them, really, if they wanted to. Um, Russell, at first I was concerned about um, Seattle's offensive line protecting Russell Wilson. But then again, that's such an outdated cliche now. Um, even with Detroit, I think Detroit's number four in stacks. Um, this season getting after Russell Wilson. Then again, if I am going to trust any quarterback, maybe outside of Aaron Rodgers, to make plays outside of the pocket, if he has to, I would trust Russell Wilson to do that. And he, he can keep teams, his, his team in the game. He's shown he can do that. He's shown that he can carry an offense if he needs to. The line looks weird. Um, I, I'm surprised it's, it's just three. I, I feel like Detroit would have been three and a half, maybe four. Um, no lean on the side here, but I do like the over. I'm, I'm with you guys. I don't think you guys really said anything else that um, I'm not reiterating here, but I'm also with you there. I guess it's worth mentioning this is an early start for Seattle. Uh, West Coast team early, but they've shown that they've been fine 
in that situation in the past. So again, not really anything to get upset about. Uh, Seattle coming off of a buy, uh, you know, maybe that's deflating the price a little bit, but uh, okay. I think, uh, I think we're on the right side there. Uh, and you know, it's in a dome. You don't have to worry about weather. It's a relatively fast field. Uh, we've seen some shootouts there. Uh, and really Detroit, uh, they probably should have gone over in every single game except that Patriots game. Um, so uh, lots of points in, in Detroit. Uh, let's move down to, this was an easy skip for me. Uh, two teams that I have huge questions about where they stand now, where they're going, what their identity is. Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are coming off an absolute ass whooping on prime time. You might think that that's a good buy low spot for them, I guess, uh, being that exposed in that high profile of a situation. Uh, presumably this line is a little deflated. Um, on the flip side, uh, Tampa Bay played a whole extra quarter of football against the Browns, getting a win at the very tail end of overtime there. Um, and things clearly are not all right with uh, Tampa Bay and their team as a total. They lose Quan Alexander from an already awful defense, um, not really giving me a whole hell of a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to fluster or con- or uh, or limit uh, Cincinnati's offense in this one whatsoever. Um, but at the, on the other side, uh, Cincinnati Bengals defense is vastly overrated. I think they're highly suspect and I think Tampa Bay could score on them. Um, I'm capping this right around the total. So I stayed away. Um, but, uh, I wouldn't shy away from betting the over, I guess here. Uh, Andy, are you going to skip this guy as well? Oh yeah. This is a hard skip from a betting, watching, realizing it's going on. It's a, this is a noon game. Yeah. There's, there's way better football to watch. I'm not going to force a play in a game like this where, like you said, giant, ugly question marks. Uh, the only, the only real, you know, competition here is cutter versus Hugh. As far as first coach fired. Ooh. Ooh. Who do you think? I I guess I will. I'm cheering for Cincy by a thousand. I give him a cutter ticket. So hopefully Cincinnati by a thousand. That'd be nice. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Alex, how do you approach this one? Yeah, I think there's been a little bit of an overcorrection with Cincinnati and their offense. I think if you look at the first half of the season to this back half, um, just the totals in general, how you see a substantial bit. Um, and somebody mentioned too, um, it was right around that Atlanta game. That was the last game that, that Cincinnati had played over the total when they lost Tyler Eifer how big of a of a crucial player he was in the red zone for Andy Dalton and how he mixed things up. And Cincinnati was a team that I really wanted to see go off this season offensively. I, I just look at that like it's literally like the Giants, except with actually more potential. I look at that unit and I go, how in the hell does that team not score points? Sure enough, they have. But now we're starting to see some more inflated totals. And I think there's been a little bit of an overshift there. There's supposed to be some weather in Cincinnati. This is supposed to be another weather game. I think there's 70% chance of precipitation and some wind. Um, so I originally, I, just like you said, well, I initially leaned over, I could be talked into it, but I think I'm going to stay away just because I'm not exactly sure the Bengals are trending in the right direction. And I know this is a, a case where, okay, well now you're getting a Tampa Bay defense where you can finally, you know, get back on track. Well, Cincinnati's had a chance to do that the past couple of weeks. They faced, you know, Miami, uh, Pittsburgh secondary and Kansas city, and they weren't able to do anything. So, you know, if they hadn't been able to do it three weeks in a row, then what's to say that they can do it against a Tampa Bay defense. That's been absolutely trash. So I'm staying away from this game completely. Okay. Yes. 
consensus skip. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, this is definitely one so where we, did, we just talked for like eight minutes about a consensus skip, which no, okay. I, I laughed okay. at, but it, no, but it's okay. like yeah, it's 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 good to no, it is, it is good to talk out why you're staying away from a game. That's Absolutely half the right. battle when you're looking at a card. Yep. Absolutely right. Um, a, a one that was super hard to stay away from, just because it's going to be a game I want to watch, is Baltimore at Carolina. Uh, Carolina coming off of a truly improbable comeback from 17 points down in the fourth quarter. It got lost in the shuffle because there was so much other crazy stuff going on. That comeback was crazy against Philadelphia on Sunday. Cam Newton is a man's man. He is playing... You know, he is playing incredible football right now. And he takes on another unit that is playing incredible football in the Baltimore defense. Baltimore came oh so close to sending that game to overtime. The incredible Justin Tucker missed extra point that kept that thing under the total uh, will probably go down as one of the most insane plays that I see all season and from a betting standpoint. Um, But, uh, and I guess maybe that betrays a little bit how much to, I had a, more on that play than I let on. But uh, uh, let's, let's see how they bounce back taking on the Panthers here. This looks oh, like yeah. a You great... were pouting when that touchdown went in. Oh, I was super pouting. I had a, I had a, that, that, <laughs> I had a I had a big uh, a big fat uh, nugget down on that under and I really was upset that they that, that was even close. Oh, I was so frowny face. Um, I was about to walk into, a, you know, ditch my, uh, my wife, walk into a bar and start pouring, uh, pouring shots. Um, Ravens defense is legit. They're taking on the Panthers. They look to have a very favorable matchup here. It leans me in the direction of backing the Ravens, but then at the same time, you got Flacco on the road taking on, you know, they have some pretty frisky pieces in the, Carolina Panthers defense. This looks like a good matchup. Both sides of the ball. This looks like a close game. Uh, Close games generally come under the total. The total, though, has way overcorrected from what we've seen from these Ravens totals of weeks past. We've been hammering this unders on the Ravens games because their defense is fully complement, you know, full complement of players out on the field from suspensions and injuries and whatnot. And they've been hanging low 50s, high 40s for Ravens games. And it's been an easy, easy picking on the unders. They've adjusted this total all the way down to 43. Uh, they opened this game as a pick on Baltimore, immediately took money. It's out to minus two. Um, Alex, I'll throw to you first here. Uh, does Joe Flacco get the Ravens back on track with the win against another NFC South opponent? I do. Um, and just reading your card too, Will, um, you noted for Baltimore, you know, gross loss off a heartbreaking loss. And then for Carolina off a good win um, at the NFL level, I don't put too much stock in the hangover or let down spot. I mean, this is, I mean, we're still early in the season. Um, these are professionals, obviously maybe in college football, I'd probably um, adjust more for that, <clears throat> but in this spot I wouldn't. And I wonder what the, what the line would have been had the Baltimore Ravens won that game. And obviously I felt like they had controlled the game. Um, Drew Brees caught fire in the second half. Um, at this price, I actually like the Ravens. Um, obviously missed the, you know, the number at the opener, but even at, you know, lane two on the road, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about Carolina. <laughs> um, a team that I've probably watched more than I should the last year and a half. And finally, it looks like they're starting to put their offense together and maximizing their potential. And Christian McCaffrey looks good. And a lot of their guys are young and I think are, can be good for a while, especially if Cam isn't turning the ball over or taking sacks like he does. Every time I bet a Panthers over, he takes a third and 10 sack from the 30 
to move them out of field goal range and they punt from the 42 every single freaking game. Put it on my gravestone. I haven't even no. watched that. No, I haven't even watched that much. I've I done know that exactly. like 10 times this year. <laughs> so year. many times. So many times. Nobody oh. likes piping me more than Cam Newton in the red zone. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. They will they will run a 14 play drive that covers 85 yards and 11 minutes and they will kick a field goal on fourth and goal from the one after getting stuffed on a fullback dive and it'll happen four times per game oh my god is it is it infuriating <laughs> um, i know exactly the feeling you're talking about and it, and it only happens uh, yeah. with the and it only happens with the panthers which is hysterical um at this price i i would take the ravens um i would still lay the two on the road i still am not a firm believer in carolina and um, I'm not buying into the letdown spot this week. So I think it's early in the season. I still think Baltimore has a clear advantage defensively. And it, as long as Joe Flacco doesn't, uh, doesn't turn into, <laughs> doesn't turn into full on road Flacco. Um, I like the Ravens in the spot actually. Okay. Well, uh, boy, I hope you're right. Uh, I, I can join you in the getting piped by Carolina, um, sympathy club here, uh, support group. Uh, I have a huge, uh, a couple of huge positions on their, uh, season win totals under and when they come back and hit that 62 yarder to beat the Giants I was just like are you joking and they come back from 17 points losing to the Eagles to win I'm like are you joking like they I just can't seem to catch a break on on them winning football yeah. games so oh yeah uh, I, I really I really hope Baltimore gets it done are you gonna get get a get a little tickle on Baltimore Andy yeah, the ultimate mirage record. They're not I'm not saying they're a terrible team. They've they've shown more life on offense than I thought, but yeah, like you said, the crazy comeback last week, the crazy long field goal. Honestly, the the win against the Cowboys, how much credit can you give them for that? That was ooh, boy, until last night. That was one of the ugliest games. Cowboys Panthers. I'm having PTSD thinking about that one. Uh, they couldn't beat the Redskins. They, I guess the Bengals game was a weird one too. The Panthers have been a tough team for me to figure out. I I'm staying away just because I'm already pretty much involved with uh, Ravens to win the AFC North and Panthers team total or season win under. So essentially I'm already betting. I'm not going to double down. I really want the Ravens to win. Okay. That sounds re- totally reasonable. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's keep road, down road the card. Chuck is scary with Flacco. Yeah. Roadshock is scary with Flacco, but here's, here's the home dog that I would, would fade if I didn't already have a fade in play on them. So it sounds like we're all kind of in the same boat there. Um, Let's talk about <laughs> we've been emotionally and physically abused by the Panthers and we just can't take it. Off. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a shitty boat. years off my <laughs> it's life. It's a terrible boat. Uh, let's talk about the uh, uh, another team that is uh, uh, in shitty free fall, and that is the uh, Oakland Raiders. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The uh, John Gruden experiment off to a rough start. Uh, I guess he won the week uh, from a trade standpoint. Uh, flipping Amari Cooper, who is on the last year of his rookie deal for a first-round pick. Um, that was more of an exposing the naivete of the front office of the Cowboys, I guess. Uh, but uh, here we sit with the Raiders team, with no Lynch, with no Cooper, with the Derek Carr who's crying on the field that the team doesn't feel like they can, you know, they can look to him for leadership. Mascara running down in his face. <laughs> he's such a he's, oh, oh he's such a uh, 
he's such an emo guy. He's just got the power. He's just got a crybaby face, even when he's not crying. Um, and we talked about it on Sunday. Back to Colts. Back to Colts. We like the Colts. Take the Colts money line. I think you got the Colts, right? I did. I took it early. I obviously any closing line value I got was at probably no, you know, fault of my own or whatever the opposite of fault is. I don't know if I can take a lot of credit for you the backed into Cooper some trade. closing line value. Then? Yeah, I kind of kind of backed into it, but I did grab them. I sold it out to like minus one and a half at even money because it's I don't think it's going to be. Close uh, you know, some nail biter where where it matters. I should have sold it out to more. Maybe I still will. Who knows? But uh, yeah, Raiders are a mess. I don't care about the cross country travel. I'm actually kind of digging Frank Reich right now. I am and too. I, I just think luck. If he'll, it, I was worried last week. I was really worried about my under because half of it was me hoping that Hilton wasn't quite a hundred percent. He looked pretty decent. Uh, they have some nice offensive weapons. I, the running backs for uh, the Colts. I especially half of, the other half of my handicap is the Bills' defense being half decent, and the Colts obviously they were the beneficiaries them. of some. Yeah, well, I mean, they got they got some nice turnovers. The scoreboard was a little deceiving, but point. the offense looked good. I, I, I'm not keen on the Raiders. I don't think there's like, there's these narratives. Oh, it's going to be a rallying point. Like, ah, fuck it. We'll do it without Amari and all these other guys. We're still pros. We can, we, no, no, like they're, they might be, they might be just dead. I, and even if they do rally a little, I just think the Colts are probably, you know, six, seven, eight points better on a neutral. So I will take a, I'll take a short dog or a short talk. Price. Yeah, I can make I can make a ton of cases for the Colts. Uh, the Colts match up well in terms of where they're passing and where the Raiders can't defend. The Raider where the Colts are weak on defense, the Raiders can't really attack. Uh, I can make a case for the over here. Uh, part of me thinks I don't think the Raiders have a rallying cry where they come out and just kick ass and perf- perform well as a team. But I could see their offense being like, "Yeah, hey, we don't give a fuck. Like, let's just chuck it to you know, chuck it downfield and see if we can get some pass interferences or some." you know, some bombs to connect here. Um, so maybe the over is a decent look in the end. I, because I missed all that line movement, uh, I couldn't really in good conscience back the Colts. So I'm going to let this one go by the wayside, Alex, I want to pose a, a question for you here. Uh, is Andrew luck, what top five, top 10 quarterback going forward for the rest of the season? Uh, probably on the fringe of top 10. Um, luck and the Colts are, are a team that I cannot get a read on because going back to last week against the bills, I, you know, I did my write up on why I like the under and that, you know, we have this kind of mirage in our head that Indianapolis's offense behind luck is, you know, putting up a bunch of points and here they are. They're like a bottom six team in terms of yards for play. And I watched them last weekend or two weeks ago, rather versus the jets. They were set up with field position based off turnovers um, the Patriots game had some garbage time scores. And then sure enough, they come out against a top two defense in terms of yards for playing Buffalo and they just completely rip them apart. And <laughs> so I don't know if Indianapolis is due for offensive progression, 
sooner than mm-hmm. later, or if they're just going to continue to put up points. But they're a team I, I have no no idea what to get a read on. Based off of matchup-wise and the style of this game on Sunday against the Raiders, I'd probably lean toward the over, just because I could see two teams that love to throw the ball, throw the ball even more. Um, and, you know, no Marshawn Lynch, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's hurt or out for the next few weeks. He is and, done for the yeah. season. Yeah. So you take him out of the equation. Obviously, you know, Amari, but I don't think that, you know, still have wide receivers out on the field. Um, so just based off of game stock, I can see there being a lot of throwing in this game and no play for me. But with the total coming down, I would actually take the over in this game. Mm, okay. All right. Good looks. Um, I might add that over. I kind of want it. If there's a bunch of overs, I want it. That's, that's a good sign. I might just, I might just uh, round robin parlay all the overs I kind of like and just see. There's like 40. I think the average game is like 48 points this week, this year so far. It's amazing. It's really crazy. Like it's been, yeah, scoring. If you think scoring's up, you're right. Yep. Yep. It's right. Um, Let's see the uh, the next game I that, leave have, us? that leaves us with the uh, next game, which I do like the uh, uh, the frisky underdog here uh, in the San Francisco 49ers. Nice little buy low spot for these guys. I feel like um, Andy, if I told you that I was looking at a 49ers on the road money line play to get a little revenge against the Cardinals, uh, would you try to talk me out of that? Nope. Uh, big coaching advantage, I think. Uh, Beth Third hasn't looked bad. Looked a little lost at times. Uh, some bad luck, too, against the Rams. And obviously, the Rams are turning out to probably be the class of the NFC. Honestly, just based off the first point, coaching mismatch. It's a big coaching mismatch. I'm super, as high as I am, like I, I like some of the things Reich's doing. Boy, I'm not sure what's going on down in the desert. That's uh, that's not turning out so hot right now. I think uh, I think that's the biggest point you can look at. Then just they they are starting to have some offensive weapons. We were kind of worried about uh, maybe. Well, both these are both teams that I was worried about the receivers, and I think the Niners have figured it out a little better than the Cardinals, and they're frisky, like you said. I'm gonna make a case for. I'm going to make a case for Niners bounce back here. Uh, and I think that the Niners defense did an admirable, admirable job holding the uh, Rams to 38 points. Is that a crazy Admiral? <laughs> admirable? Uh, actually, I don't yeah. think, I don't think they did too badly actually. No, and they, I, you know, I think, I think that game was closer than the 38, 10 really suggests. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I kind of like CJ Beathard. I kind of like them to bounce back. I kind of hate putting Byron Leftwich on, you know, on the spot to run an offense now that has no weapons. Uh, and, you know, whether it's not like, you know, Byron Leftwich knows how to correctly deploy. I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he'll know how to correctly use David Johnson and Arizona will look frisky on offense just because they got this new, you know, new coordinator in there. But I, I, not, I don't, I don't really. Ooh, not I, really I forgot about, about the coordinator change. Yeah, I'm not really worried about that, that though. I, I think, uh, I think the uh, that Shanahan and and Bethard and company, uh, and I just think the Niners overall look pretty impressive in this game and, and take care of business against a uh, a Cardinals team that's probably the worst, second worst, second worst team after the Bills in the league. 
Um, how do you attack? How do you approach this one? Am, am I crazy for laying money on the road with the Niners, Alex? No, not at all. Um, to go back to your point about the 49ers, I know it might sound um, <laughs> weird to say that a 28-point game was close, but I do believe the 49ers held the Rams to 5.4 yards per play, which is their lowest of the season. So, yeah, in essence, you were right. They, they actually did have success against the Rams defensively. Um, in terms of roster talent, I actually think Arizona has one of the poorest rosters uh, maybe in the entire league. Um, they don't know how to properly use their playmakers. Um, and even with Byron Leftwich being promoted to OC, like I don't think this is the rallying cry where they just like all of a sudden start to get it together. Like there's some serious turmoil on that in that franchise. Um, Patrick Peterson, obviously there's distraction around, you know, him <laughs> wanting out of Arizona. Like that, that team is far from stable. And with San Francisco, you're at least getting a team that tries on a weekly basis, whether they have, they have CJ Beathard or not. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't hate it at all. I'm staying far away from this game. I did. I literally did not even look at this game. Um, <laughs> huge, huge stay away game for me. Um, no edge at all. Um, but I, I'm not going to talk to you out of taking the 49ers in this game. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's move down to one that's a little bit more interesting to talk about. And the first of two weeks where we are going to see Aaron Rodgers as a touchdown plus dog in the NFL. I don't know that there have been more than what, 10 examples of this happening in Aaron Rodgers' career where he is getting more than, uh, more than seven points in a game, but here we sit. Packers plus eight and a half taking on the Rams here. Rams taking money. Actually, they opened at 10. I uh, got bet down to eight and eight ish. And then it's on its way back up. It's at nine and a half right now. Um, I don't get the line movement in this one whatsoever. Uh, I think there's value backing the Packers here because they can score so effectively when Rodgers is down and he's got his back against the wall and he's just chucking it and freestyling it. And Mike McCarthy can't monkey with the play calling. Um, so I'm looking for. Packers as a uh, as a look here uh, against a Rams team that hasn't faced stiff competition uh, since what their they had one tight game against Seattle. Uh, they were never really worried about losing to the Broncos, even though that was a three point game. That was a backdoor cover there by the Broncos. Um, you know, this is going to be, I think, a much tougher matchup than the bookmakers are expecting. And I just don't see there being this much of a difference between the Rams and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, in a regular season NFL football game. Uh, Andy, uh, you hate the Packers. Uh, is this the kind of game that gets Mike McCarthy fired? I don't hate, I don't hate So what would the implied team total for the Rams be here? You got 25, 28 and a quarter plus half. I mean, they're, they're saying, yeah, they're saying like 32 and a half, 33. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, that, that's not, I guess, that sounds high, but this is a team that gave up 32 weeks ago to the Niners at home and just barely snuck one out. Granted, you know, so they're off the bye, but that defense, that defense is shambly. Is that a word? Shambly? They're in shambly. Yes, yeah, shambly. Sure. <laughs> it's shambly. It's, it's a problem. You, you give up 30 shamblish. to shamblish. It's not good. The Rams, you know, I'll say this, and it'll be like a low-scoring game, but the total is 56 and a half. I think, I think that says all you need to know about uh, 
the defense is there because obviously we I mentioned that earlier so maybe some of the defenses that were so good last year just aren't quite showing up yet this year but I think the Rams are starting to tighten up a little on defense and the Packers are doing nothing of the sort it's mm-hmm. going to be Rams putting up 40 so yeah, if, if you're taking Packers in the points, essentially you're betting Packers team total, I think. Maybe that might be a better look, which is still like 23, uh, 24. Yeah, that. yeah, that's a great point. It's going to be in like that maybe, 23 maybe, ballpark. Do you, do you think the Packers get to 24? Yeah. Yes, yes. So that yes, might be yes, an yes, angle yes, you yes, want to yes, look yes, at yes, if you yes, do yes, want to back yes. the Packers. Because I just – I don't I, – how do they stop the Rams? They're, they're oh. not – they couldn't stop Beathard and Goodwin. How are they going to stop you know, Sean McVay's mad scientist shit? It's going to be a problem. Oh, it's a good look, man. Damn it. Now I feel stupid for backing plus eight and a half to the team total over. Um, Good good stuff, though. Yeah, the um, thing is, you, you put your card out early, though. There's no team totals on Monday. It's tough. I know. It is tough. It is. It is. It is. Um. Alex, it's been a mainstay of gambling NFL NFL gambling strategy to um, to wait to back the pack until later in the season. For whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers turned it on in November, December. Am I a week early here backing them at the end of October? Honestly, <laughs> oh man, I'm just trying to think of how many points the Rams are going to put up on that defense, and if <laughs> it could be a lot, it could be a lot. Stay within student is going to be a lot. I again, it's it's pretty much how I analyze the Chiefs' offense. You you can't there's there's really no reason to fade them. There there's nothing predicted that says they're going to slow down based upon the matchup of Green Bay secondary, which is extremely young. I just don't see how the Rams don't put up points at will, and I think that it, if I want any quarterback as a touchdown plus underdog on the road, it's Aaron Rodgers because he's going to find a way to score points. He just, he's going to do it. Um, the Rams defense, I don't think is that good. Like, yeah, they might be trending in the right direction, but coming into the season, I thought that defense was more, and I I'll use this word again, volatile again, like they could either have this high ass ceiling or low ass floor with all the personalities that they have. And I don't think they, they've played up to expectations so far. Um, this game just not, not with the names they have on that defense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you bring in all these guys who were, you know, a keep to leave and just these, these flashy names that might not exactly translate on paper. Marcus Peters has been trash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, this game, no, screams, it's true. This game's, yeah. I mean, this game, again, this, I don't want to overthink this. This game screams over to me. I might throw money now on the Packers team total over just hearing Andy talk about it, which is kind of scary. Um, <laughs> Packers, you do, man. you do make. I mean, you have to think that they're going to get a ton of possessions with how quick LA could score. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no. If, if it's if the pack, if you have Packers team total over twenty three and a half, and the Packers have ten points entering the fourth quarter, are you even sweating yet? Probably not. I mean, like the especially if, that, if they're down big and they get soft. Big, oh, Rogers yeah. will murder your soft zone. Yes. I mean, yeah. Roger, you, you throw a soft prevent zone out there. Mer- I mean, what, three plays? That's what yes. it's going to take. If it's, 38, if it's 38 to 10, if it's 38 to 10 in the fourth quarter, Aaron Rodgers is not pulling a CJ Beathard. 
and scoring zero points. He is definitely getting that over. And uh, Andy, are you going to have team totals against the Rams defense two weeks in a row? Come down to fourth quarter. Fourth God, quarter damn it. I, just, I was hoping to bring that up. <laughs> my, only, my only loss last week, and it's done. Because that was my favorite ad on Sunday. I'm like, this feels good. good But it was either that or the actual over. The actual over didn't hit either. Or like San Francisco plus 10. I thought I had had three angles on that game that I was milling between, and they're all losers. So Mm -hmm. maybe I just don't understand the Rams. But yeah, this could be a pretty high-scoring game. It should be a fun one. Okay. All right, guys. Definitely, even if you don't bet it, it's a watch. It's a watch for sure. This has been a super fun podcast so far. We get into the best cap of the week. Let's dive right in. High energy cap here. Close them on a strong play. We and by the way, Alex, we usually throw Monday's cap into Sunday's podcast. So we're gonna skip Patriots Bills, and we may even skip it on Sunday. Don't because, even uh, bring it like up. A total trash game. Uh, yes, cap of the week. Uh, rematch of the Minneapolis miracle in Minneapolis. Uh, Saints. Coming off of an incredibly impressive win against the um, against the uh, Ravens last week on the road again to get revenge for the uh, the play that was probably my favorite play of all of the 2017-18 football season. Um, Andy, what is the temperature around Minnesota about this game and about the Vikings this year? I was going to say like 25. <laughs> is it cold? <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's it's cold in the mornings, man. It's like warm your car up cold. So, uh, um, I mean, the big obviously, you know, just getting a feel for it. Living in Minnesota, so many expectations. Oh, we we're so good, we're so close. We got Kirk Cousins. We're gonna win it all, and then kind of a bumpy start to the season. I've said this a couple times on podcasts. Um, it felt like oh the. The, the the defense will be fine. The defense is going to do what the defense is going to do because how are they going to just suck all of a sudden? And the big concern will be Kirk Cousins. Will he play okay? And it's been total backwards. Like Kirk Cousins has looked really good. He's looked fairly efficient. He's making the throws. Obviously, great receivers. A little bit of you know injury problems with Dalvin Cook, but the offenses look pretty pretty decent. And the defense. Has just struggled. It's been awful. Obviously, a nice win in the Meadowlands. Tough, you know, it's tough to go on the road and beat anybody. And they did it convincingly 20 point win or a 60 beer win, however you want to look at it. And I think the offense keeps cruising. And the, the news with Everson Griffin, that was surprising. I am not sure if he'll play this week. It's been a few weeks, but it's not like it was an injury. I guess it was a mental injury more than anything. So, We'll see. I did play this over. I sold it out. I think this is a dead nuts over game. Both defenses have had serious struggles compared to where they were last year. I mean, both teams get in high twenties. I think pretty easy. Okay. Okay. So you're looking. I don't know who wins. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a good game. This is like is last good. last game with the ball. Yeah, the Saints are in like schedule hell right now. They go from Ravens oh, to yeah. It's just it's just one tough one after another. Ravens That's the other thing. They and, can't afford to look ahead because no. otherwise they'll be doing that for a month. That's right. And I guess I got to give the Saints uh, credit for kind of really pushing the envelope on when to go for it on fourth down. They are kind of reinventing coaching strategy. And if you have an offense that's as good as the Saints defense, I mean, as good as the Saints offense, then yeah, go for it every fourth down. You might as well. Um, 
Alex, what do you make of the Saints? And do you think they get a little revenge from the uh, from the divisional playoff game last year? I don't. It actually scares me how on the same page we all are because I there's very good chance. <laughs> it's usually a bad sign, but oh no, it's been a good sign this year so far. This year on the on the deep dive pod, when we've all been aligned on a certain look on a certain angle, it's really been pretty solid. I'm not trying to jinx us, but like I, I think. Let's not lose hope if we're all seeing things the same way this week. Well, well, you sent me, you know, you go here, you know, here's what I'm looking for in week eight. And I'm looking at your plays and I'm, I'm doing my own research. And I'm like, God damn it. I like that play too. And I'm looking for the contrarian side just to not take every single one of your sides. And I'm like, I just can't <laughs> do it. I don't, I, 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 sure, I legitimately sure. don't have an argument to go against it, but no, there's, um, there's a good chance that I will be either on, the Vikings team total over the Vikings or the over in some form or, or another um, a good spot here. I think to sell new Orleans defense after playing Washington at home um, on prime time in a game that they just demolished the Redskins and then playing the Ravens offense, which I still don't really think is all that great. doesn't really create chunk plays. So I still think that against a, a team that can stretch the ball vertically um, with Diggs and Thielen, um, and I think Kirk Cousins being swapped in, in favor of Case Keenum um, improved that offense tenfold. And I think that New Orleans secondary is going to be exposed again. So um, something either on the Vikings team total over, I'm guessing would be something around 25-ish. Um, or the Vikings right now to pick them. Something in terms of Vikings and the points you can mark me down for. Yeah, I think I'm leaving that way too. I don't I'm know. Probably you, you don't bet I don't know if you bet any props. I dabble just for fun. If it's a game I want to watch and I don't have anything on, you can put a little bit on a prop you like. If you're a bookmaker, what do you got to set Adam Thielen's over-under for yardage in this game? Uh, 113 and a half. That's a go. That's sharp. That's really sharp. That's a really sharp number. I don't, I don't know that I would go under that, though. <laughs> Uh, it's crazy, man. I mean, he's going to be matched up against, uh, they just traded for Eli Apple, right? Is Eli going to be yeah. suited up out there? Is he going to be matched up against? Oh, I hope so. That'd be nice, Sam. That'd be nice. Cause I mean, Ladmore is absolutely legit, but they got to probably put him on digs. Um, but yeah, the way that the uh, Vikings offense is clicking right now is awesome to watch. Uh, they are going to absolutely be able to go toe for toe with the, uh, saints offense. And if the Vikings defense can do a damn thing, then the Vikings win this game. I really want that money line. I'm probably going to add it as the week gets a little bit more into focus here. I didn't just because we didn't know what was going on with Xavier Rhodes, but you know, then potentially getting Griffin Griffin back might be real nice. Uh, Daniil Hunter hasn't looked quite as frisky without someone on the other side to kind of, uh, tell, kind of split some of the, you know, the, the pressure pressure. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to be uh it's going to be a fun game and it's the primetime game and it's going to be one that you absolutely should tune in for. So, uh, can't wait. Can't wait. Um, let's, uh, can't wait. let's wrap this guys. Good job, guys. Good job. Uh, Alex, Alex, thank you again for, uh, being a fantastic guest. We had a super time. That was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, usually these are a little bit more on the serious side for some weird reason. That was like a fun, uh, loose podcast. So really appreciate you having me on. Where can people find you again on Twitter? Yeah, no worries. That's, uh, that's at Alex Kolodzie, K-O-L-O-D-Z-I-E-J. Um, or you can go <laughs> We'll go ahead and uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and add that to the notes so people can track you down. 
Yeah, and then um, or by my by my alias, aka Wheelwright. Uh, aka Wheelwright. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Again, thanks so much for having you guys. I'm obviously, a huge fan of both your guys' work and being able to follow you guys on Twitter and just to, you know, like I said, gambling Twitter is a. It's kind of what you make of it, and being able to chop it up with you guys and to compare minds and all this stuff is fantastic. So again, thanks for having me, and it was a pleasure being on here with you guys. All right. As always, we'll talk to you on the next deep dive. Hope you guys enjoyed this, listening to this, and uh, best of luck this weekend.